everybody, it's Lou Zant, and we are excited today. We're here in the barn. You've seen it a lot if you've watched any of our major crush videos. And, uh, and we're fired up about the um, interview that we have today. Yeah, we're definitely excited. So we wanted to let you know we're in this barn because we might get a little bit of an echo, but it's such a great spot to be recording this. And, oh, should I say this is Meredith Griffin? Go ahead. Hey, it's Meredith Griffin. Just a little reminder. Anyway, well, you know how much I love food and I love pairing. So today we are honored to be able to interview Chef Luis Alvarez, and he is the executive chef of catering for Folk Table Catering here in Sonoma, California. And Lou, I'm really looking forward to diving into talking about food. You know, the holidays are approaching, and so it just seemed like it was a great opportunity to talk to a chef and talk about entertaining and food preparation and recipes and especially when you're preparing for a lot of people. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Well, thank you for having me over. I'm very excited to be here with you guys. And it seems like it's only appropriate for us all to start with a toast, right? We are... I like it. That's how we should kick <laughs> things off. Cheers. 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 This beautiful sparkling rosé from Kundi right around the corner. We're, we're very local here. We're in the bar we're with Luis from yeah. folk table which is it's really kind of part of the sonoma's best hospitality group isn't it yes it, yes it is yeah because the same ownership and you know what i'm really excited i was talking to one of the founders the other night and first of all their whole vision is the fact that it all started in Sonoma mm. uh, with um, Buena Vista, the first, mm. the mm -hmm. first winery. One of the oldest wineries in California. And their their vision is where people could actually come, and they're preparing everything for them to have an entire two, three, four day weekend, and they never have to leave uh, from the bike path that that he's putting in. Have you heard about that, Meredith? Oh yeah, I've heard a little bit about you know, that. It's going to yeah. be a whole bike path all around uh, Sonoma. They have um, ramekins and seven branches and. Well, well now, Ramekins is seven became branches. Seven yeah. branches. And for those of you who are listening who are, do not know Sonoma, Ramekins was a cooking school, um, and now they've converted it. Is it still a cooking school, just under a different name? Is that correct? No, we turned that kitchen into a folk table catering. Uh, oh, okay. We're planning to, the company itself is trying to build a new culinary school uh, behind General's Daughter. Oh, okay. That's what I heard, yeah, and it's going to have like a upper tier where people can look down into the into the presentation yes it's going to be phenomenal they're going to have uh students will be able to have the opportunity to grow their own produce their own uh, oh, vegetables everything organic yeah and kind wow. of you know kind of farm to table type scenario they're even going to do uh, gardening classes that's awesome that's, that's so exciting to think about that coming cool community project and they yeah. have they have like houses they i know they just acquired the the depot Right. Are you going to be involved in that, any? Uh, yes, um, I plan to have you know go over there and work with the employees a little bit. A uh, couple that's of things. Be awesome. Oh, cool! Yes. And then Casey Thompson is she's going to be the the she's going to be the overseeing chef there. Yeah, she's the leading drive on the whole project. Yeah, I mostly try to focus on the folk table side and uh, the catering. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into. Yeah. I mean, we're talking to a chef, so let's dive into what led you to being a chef. Like, what's your background, and how'd you how'd you end up here in Sonoma? <laughs> well, I guess it depends who you ask. My mom says it's destiny. I said <laughs> it was an accident. Oh. <laughs> uh, as soon as I after as soon as after graduation, I uh, I needed to work, 
since uh, being raised by a single mom, I needed to get out there and start, you know, helping her out a little bit so she wouldn't have to work two jobs. So I kind of stumbled into uh, into the pantry position at okay. 17 in a casino in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. That's that's where you're from? That's Las where I'm Vegas. from. Yes, I'm from Las okay. Vegas. I originally was born in Colombia, South America, okay. and wow. moved to the States when I was 10 years old. Okay. And then life just you know, followed and, after that. Right. Okay. So Vegas is home for you because that's mainly where you grew up. Yes, Vegas okay. is home. Um and so I started working as pantry and uh, worked my way up to cook, to line cook. I became the youngest sous chef wow. for, the, for the casino itself. And then I started branching out towards the Strip. Uh, I used to work in a local, what is known for a local casino. Oh, okay. So it's mostly for locals. Oh. Uh, and then I branched out to the Strip, and that's where I became more, uh, you know, I grew up a little bit more. I mm-hmm. expanded my horizons, and I started working with, uh, you know, famous chefs like uh, Emeril Lagasse, Bobby Filet. Uh, eventually, I did with Mario Batali, and then I ended up working with uh, Gordon Ramsay for seven, eight years. Opening, <laughs> opening, yeah. Talk about an all-star cast. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's Gee, amazing. Ironic, yeah. you just mentioned Emeril. We were j- I live in New Orleans now, and we were just at his foundations event in uh, New Orleans. Oh, he has a beautiful restaurant in Louisiana, uh, Table 10, I believe it was called. And he also did another version in Palazzo, uh, which I opened and I helped uh-huh. him direct. How do you how do you wind up in those kind of kitchens with celebrity chefs? Very well, be good. Well, Vegas yeah. Vegas is kind of a small town. Everything is, is who you know pretty much, mm-hmm. and you just pretty much re- they reach out to you. It's like, hey, can you come help us out? Uh, especially being bilingual in the field, oh, you know, it right. takes a it's a huge yeah. asset when it comes to opening restaurants mm-hmm. and training staff. Uh, especially, you know, I'm also tr- uh, trained when it comes to. Uh, the health department regulations. Right. So I also trained the non-speaking, non-English, English-speaking staff on how to do proper protocols when it comes to sanitation. Uh, but yeah, just word to mouth, they, they reach out to me, and if I'm able to do it, I come down. And so it's a lot of moving around. Yeah, yes. I would assume. And speaking of Vegas, I feel like in the last, I don't know, you tell me, in the last 15 years, it's become a restaurant mecca of lots of celebrity chef restaurants. But just in general, I feel like more people go to Vegas to eat at great restaurants than maybe to gamble. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it sure seems like it's become such a restaurant mecca. Well, it's adding to the whole experience, the whole Vegas experience, whether it's the shows, whether it's the gambling, whether it's the 24-hour lifestyle. Uh, Vegas is just taking a whole toll for, I mean, taking a, a little bit of every industry mm-hmm. to try to make it, you know, a, a deal for anyone to come, especially for, you know, children. Yeah. They're, they're trying to reach into that field as well, which is strange to say, but yeah. but yes, they're trying to focus on every type of uh, every type of group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, restaurants wise, you got every major celebrity chef has a restaurant there, and there's just, so many. There's so many, so many choices that you just don't even know where to go at one point. So, if you were to say, in terms of your style, like of of cooking or being a chef, is there a style of food that you enjoy the most preparing? You know, to, from a cuisine standpoint. Well, you know, I get that question asked a lot, and uh, surprisingly, I don't have a specific type of uh, food that I focus on. When you work in Vegas, either you know everything or you don't know nothing. Because <laughs> um, I have to, I have to deal with uh, groups from Japan. To, I know, especially, uh, I focus a lot of uh, on, on catering, and when uh, when I run my restaurants, we did a lot of uh, conventions as well. Right. So we have groups like Toshiba coming from Japan, and we have groups from uh, Asia, from France, from Europe, all over Europe. Uh-huh. So I needed to be able to adapt to all those to all those uh, all those needs, mm-hmm. and um, so it was pretty much I'm 
you could, what do you call it, jack of all trades. I have to learn everything. So I'm able to run a catering group while running a $33 million restaurant. And I had to fly out to L.A. to look over Shaquille's restaurants. That Shaquille O'Neal, they used to play with the Lakers. Yeah. So I, yeah. Used, to, I used to do a lot of flying around and Good a lot of grief. back and forth. Yeah, I had no time for anything. Yeah. That's... And I think, you know, what I've sensed is really a, a hardworking guy. Yeah, You know, clearly. how he got all these accolades and, and got to where he is. And from, from what I, I, don't, I, have, I haven't res- worked in the restaurant industry much, but people, who, it's a hard job. It's long hours, a lot of days. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It requires a certain level of uh, cha- what do you call it? chaoticness <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or be able to be a little crazy you might say organized <laughs> chaos <laughs> or it's, yeah, it's, it's not even organized it's just being able to adapt to the situation mm-hmm. and, and come over the top mm-hmm. uh, when you you know when, you, when you're doing 1400 covers in a, in a brunch man, in a brunch uh, service Jeez. or 800 covers in a, in a dinner scenario there's, there's no chance for you to panic there's no chance for you to prepare for it like even though you know you expect that amount of people, it's just you cannot. You're not capable to process that yeah. until you're actually in the in the cut up in the moment. In the space of it. Yeah. See, I don't. I, what I blows my mind is I, I have friends that went up to the Culinary Institute in New York, which I think they specialize more in catering. You didn't go to any of these formal schools. How do you? How in the world when somebody says, "Okay, Luis." We need fourteen hundred covered plates at lunch. How do how do you know how to like set up the size? Well, being the scale. able being a chef uh, nowadays is not just uh, it's what we call almost paper chefs, where you said that you do a lot of administrative work, uh. a lot of numbers, and surprisingly, I don't have a degree in uh, culinary, but I do have a degree in uh, computer electronics. Oh, because oh. I thought I was that was what I was going to be aiming for. Oh, wow! But once you get into the field and you fall in love with that, it, it's kind of hard to walk away from it. So mm. I spend a, quite a bit of money on something that I never follow up on <laughs> and stay with my true passion, which is culinary. Which is great, but it obviously sounds like maybe it did have a role because the, the yeah, way your brain it, has to work. It did, because I use it a lot. I, you know, you'd be surprised how much math you use when it comes to the kitchen. So I have a specific formula that I do per person. Let's say if I have a 100-person uh, uh, buyout or party, I'm able to you know, calculate how much each person will eat and give it like a plus or minus 10% of food. Mm. Um, so everything. So I don't have a lot of waste. I this if one thing I do not like to do is throw away food. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I rather cook to order if I'm running be- behind that having to throw away any type of product. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so yeah, I mean uh, definitely the math aspect of my career just kind of I mean all my schooling helped me out mm-hmm. on that. You know Excel. You'd be surprised how much I use Excel <laughs> and PowerPoint and. Uh, yeah, that's not what you're thinking. When you think, <laughs> chef, that all. you'd have to be using no, an this, Excel spreadsheet. It's blowing my mind. <laughs> Hey, Luis, share with us a little bit, like, of the equations that you would put into a typical dish for 100 people. Yeah, like if we're hosting a Thanksgiving party or a holiday party and we're going to have 20 guests. So um, this is not an actual formula that most people use, which I learned to... I made that formula myself as, you know, by experience. Yeah. So usually, uh, let's say I'm doing a plated, a plated dinner and it's uh, short ribs, Brussels sprouts, uh, some sort of uh, puree on the bottom and whatever garnish. Um, I usually give about maybe between eight to 10 ounces of protein per table. And then if it's a hundred people, I times that by a hundred. And then I always give it like, like 10% more food just in case somebody else wants seconds. Um, oh, I, ideally, okay. the, the the most uh, the common person will consume between three to four ounces of sides, whether it's Brussels sprouts, green oh. beans, mashed potato, uh, and then I take in consideration how much sauce. Usually, 
you don't want to overwhelm a plate, so use like an average of uh, one ounce of sauce per, okay, yeah. per plate, whether it's Bordelais, whether it's uh, Beurre Blanc, whether it's any type of cream sauce. So I always give it an ounce. So when I create, let's say if I'm doing 100 people and I'm creating 100 ounces, which is roughly around two and a half quarts, then I create three, I make three for quarts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And uh, that yeah. way I wouldn't have any any waste of product and food. And it also comes great when, when my evaluation on food cost comes around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, you know, that's that's the way I do it, and so far it's never failed me. Meredith, this is a, this is amazing. That's really this is super helppful. So God. eight to ten ounces of protein, three to four ounces of sides, and about one ounce of sauce. Yes, and if I'm doing like a like a tray pass type scenario, I always average it at two point five per person. So that will okay. help me create an ideal prepping and uh, ordering system. Yeah. That's so the next time Dave says he's bringing the Pelican team over for dinner, yeah. you're all set. I feel like that's a different caliber of eating, though, when you're dealing yeah, you with 18-year-old to, to, to 12 ounces. 25-year-old athletes. <laughs> I might need to double all of that. Oh, yes, most of I dealt with UNLV, and those guys could eat. Uh, UNLV yeah. football. Oh, my God. You gotta, you got you to gotta change your <laughs> equation for that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, just to bring that, connect that to wine, when you're doing wine, we typically say, on average, what? A magnum per person? <laughs> exactly. Oh, excuse me. That's, yeah, I should. That's, Lou, that's for Lou. Yeah. That's for the chef itself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You have to marinate the chef. Yeah. Yeah. You figure two eight-ounce pours per person for, on average. Eight-ounce? That's that. That's a big. Pour. I mean, I'm sorry. Six yeah, ounces. I like. I'm gonna come over to your house. Definitely, yes. Invite me as well. <laughs> well, that's how we we pour in our house. Trust yeah, but... me. My husband. It's a long story. I won't get into it. But we have a special splash, <laughs> and the splash. It's not a splash. It's about eight ounces. So, Louise, when you go home for the holidays, are you gonna have? like a big family dinner that you're going to have to do? Well, if I get there within the right time frame to get prepped up and set up, I do. But I, I'm always the guy that has the Thanksgiving dinner three, four days prior to Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, because you, you're too busy. When you work in Vegas, there's no such thing as being off on holidays. Yeah. So you got to make it work. Yeah. Uh, so I usually um, I usually have it three, four days, and I have a whole range of type of people that I have a kid or a group from my mom to my best friends to the neighbors. At one point, there's like 40 people in my home. Oh, See, I gosh. wondered about that. And, yeah. and I usually have between uh, four to six proteins. I have maybe <laughs> eight to 10 types of sides. Um, I always have like a, most people do charcuteries or a cheese platter. I like to do an antipasta. Ooh, that, I like that. So I use oh. all my salami, so my types of cheeses, olives, artichokes, marinated, mm. and just combine them. And then, you know, I have sparklies on the table, different types, rosé, yeah. uh, which is my wife's personal favorite. Yeah. Um, we um, get along. Yeah. yeah. She loves it, so. Gals love the sparkling rosé. And then I have two types of salads and... Uh, and then for desserts, that's their job. <laughs> that's, oh, you don't yeah, do the desserts? No, I don't. I don't have that. Doing desserts in the house for so many people requires space, time. I we, just, we don't have that during you're Thanksgiving. Already, <laughs> you're already doing a lot. So do you enjoy cooking outside of work? Uh, yes. I mean, mostly when the few days that I will have off a week, me and the family usually go out for dinner. Mm -hmm. I'll take the wife out to a nice restaurant. Or so on. But uh, if my kids are craving pizza, we'll make pizza. If they want to make pasta, my little four-year-old loves to make pasta because oh. he calls it he calls it Play-Doh. 
Please. So, <laughs> so, so we'll make raviolis and he'll cut them out for me and we'll mold them and we'll boil them. But he gets he gets such a kick of making pasta. He likes Play-Doh. Uh, yeah, he, he likes, likes Play-Doh. That's why he calls it. <laughs> I think I would too. The, the next, you know, it's on the fridge rolling slowly down the side. But, yeah. <laughs> but he enjoys it. So, But it's fun too to get him in the kitchen starting young and yes, of course, learning of course. What, what, that, what that's like. My yeah. wife hates cooking for me like she hates cooking oh for me. i wouldn't want to cook if my husband was a chef <laughs> and i was like no it's great it tastes great baby it's like i have no complaints yeah right tell me what's wrong with it there is nothing wrong with it yeah <laughs> of course if there was exactly. i would never open yeah, it yeah no you're not gonna <laughs> say right, it no matter right. what no you can't yeah <laughs> but that doesn't your heart and your head never stop so like right. even though you're you're because you love cooking so much when you're eating something you can't help but notice like what would I do different? Or is, do you find things that, oh, these are perfect. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> well, there's, there's nothing really ever perfect for a chef. Um, especially me, I've been trained with such high expectations, especially working with Gordon, doing the shows. Oh, my Working gosh. with celebrities, you know, like... I used to, like during quarantine, I used to do a lot of private events for some of the biggest night players and, and mm. some of the you know, documentators for the shows and stuff like that. Okay. And, and a lot of uh, anniversary parties at their home and stuff like that. Not because I was looking for it, just that I would get the call. And, because they knew yeah. you. You were... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, you just learned how to. And you just... Mm-hmm. You just... It's hard to turn off your, your, your taste buds. I got, <laughs> a good, I got a question. So outside of the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, the typical holidays, what's your favorite thing to do to entertain your buddies? Well, my buddies are very, very just plain type of guys. If we're getting together, it's either because we're watching a football game, yeah, or or, or we're playing uh, we're playing poker. Because obviously from Las Vegas, everybody plays poker. Yeah. Uh, so we have poker nights. But usually when they come over, we'll do like uh, I'll make ribs, I'll make chicken wings, I'll make yeah. onion rings, I'll make Ooh. everything. So that's just when it comes to entertaining, we kind of just entertain each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, I like that. I like mm-hmm. it. So it's just it's, it's just typical guy behavior among guys. Yeah. No. One one more quick question. What are you cooking for us tonight? <laughs> I'm sorry. If we get back to my kitchen, I could definitely make you guys something really good. <laughs> so talking about working with some of the celebrity chefs and that what in the high expectations, I imagine there's a lot of high pressure with that kind of do they yell at you like they do on the tv shows i didn't want to ask that exactly but yeah surprisingly some of the chefs are really really mad uh emerald was was a really nice guy he you know i've heard that he's he's a phenomenal guy he's kind-hearted unless you start saying bam in front of him then then he'll Uh he'll lose his mind um (laughs) bam (laughs) i seen him i seen him react to scenarios like that but um you know, when it comes to working with uh, Gordon, Gordon was my biggest, uh, was biggest trial. Uh, but not because I had to work with them in person. I mean, I worked with them hand to hand, but it was mostly being me coming to a new location. And think of opening restaurants every four days, because wow. that's what the show was. Yeah, so tell a little bit. Let's clarify what show you worked on so, for our listeners, because we didn't dive ho- into that. Hotel Hell was, uh, it was based on a, on a property who was failing, a hotel, motel type scenario. But it had to have an operational kitchen. Okay. So for X reason, the hotel is failing for whether it's financial situation or loss of family member. Uh, they would submit their, their, their videos or the request to, to the producer. Okay. And then we would choose and where we were going to be shooting these episodes. Oh, wow. And then I would have to go in there and, um, and just first I would do an evaluation of the kitchen after hours when no one was there. 
write a full report on what we see, you know, whether it's pest, whether it's expired product. Mm. So that would give, give uh, Gordon some ammo yeah. to speak out ah. to, you know. Gotcha. So when he goes on camera. Or... And then, um, so we go to uh, farmer's markets and then I will see what the pro, pro, uh, local protein would be like, whether it's, you know, river trout, bison, ostrich, conch. I mean, I had to deal oh, with wow. a lot of things like that. And then I would, uh, I would work off of those menus. I would work off what the local, you know, mm-hmm. demand was. Yeah. And I would create menus. And sometimes I would just uh, reevaluate their menus and change a couple of things. And then set up recipes for them and set up a labor cost and set up an ideal food cost and providers and give them recipes. Wow. And all cool. that within four days. And then I would be you off to the next You do that in four days. I would have to. I would have. There would be times that I'll be working from 7 a.m. to like 5 o'clock the next day. And we had mobile kitchens so we had actual big trailers that were mobile kitchens and that would be my my you had to go back domain. and make yes. the recipe that you were going to recommend for them yes and then i would show it i would present it to gordon he would give me his thumbs up or thumbs down which mostly was nine out of nine and a half times out of ten was my you know finger up <laughs> thumbs up uh but uh and then you're I would, lucky brother because yeah, yeah. he loves a thumbs down oh yeah but he's 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 such a great guy he okay. not, you know, that's just an image that he has to pretend. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. Yeah. Uh, but he's really a great guy. Very family-oriented. Uh, great, great, great guy. Oh, that's Tra- good wow. to Trade hear. his employees. like Yeah, you don't get yeah. that watching him. No, no, you don't. That's good to hear. So did, in this, you traveled all over the all over country. The country. So you you finished four days? and At one point, I think we counted between scouting and, uh, and the actual shooting. I think it was uh, 35 cities in an eight-month period. Wow. In a month? In eight months. Eight months. That's yeah. still pretty. I was gonna say that's more than one a day. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. crazy. So wow. that's why I got used to it. Because even while running uh, Hex and Alexa on the Strip, we really we were they were loc- they are located in front of Elajo on the sidewalk. I also had to fly constantly to uh, LA to look over yeah. uh, Shaquille's restaurant at the Staples Center. Oh so wow! So whenever he had like a you know his family event or something along those lines, I would have to fly out there and execute it myself as well. How do you how do you have a life doing all of that? <laughs> you could ask my wife that. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I make it work, I guess. But she's very understanding. <laughs> she is. She she understands that uh, you know it's a career that I got myself into, uh-huh. and she respects it. And she respects. She's got to be real proud of you. Yeah. Oh no, she she is. She yeah. is. She and to is. have the kind of passion like you have for this, I feel like if you have that passion, you got to honor it. You got to live with it and do it because it's a blessing. And, and passion is exactly what it is. I mean, you don't you don't feel bad about getting to work at 7 a.m., living at midnight. Sometimes you don't even realize you're at work that long. Yeah. Until the wife's calling you, it's like, yeah, you're planning to come home to sleep. Right. Um, right. But yeah, it's just, it's just passion. Time doesn't take a doesn't take effect in anything when, you, when you're passionate about something. That's such so powerful, and I think to, again, you know, we've interviewed so many great winemakers, and that's the same thing you hear from some of these winemakers: the passion, because a lot of them, the the time and energy they're putting into it they're not they're not getting rich off of it they're not doing they're doing it all for a love and a passion doing it's the same thing you just said about cooking they go in and they do it and they don't even know time has passed yeah i mean in this in this field you just take so much pride in what you do and what you output that even something so simple like a grilled cheese you have to you have to escalate it to a whole new experience yeah you just mentioned one of my favorite (laughs) yeah she had one last night yeah I'm a, I'm a grilled cheese oh, You should try mine one of these days. Oh, yeah. I, I, you oh. don't have to twist my arm. No, 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 please. <laughs> and we'll pair it with some good bubbles. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think I heard it in a lot of the things you said, but, you know, a lot of our listeners 
out there are kind of aspiring chefs, their children are aspiring chefs. What what advice do you have have for them? I mean, all I could say is in reality, just take pride in what you do and don't second guess yourself. You don't have to follow a recipe word to word to be able to, you know, come up with a great plate. You, everything, like a, like for me, it's, it's really hard to write a recipe because everything is uh, to taste. Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when you read on a recipe to taste, they're talking about salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the whole component. Yeah. Uh, okay. From the moment before you reduce it to the moment to after you reduce it, it's just trust your instincts, trust your trust your palate. Everybody has different types of flavors, mm-hmm. different types of taste, different types of how they take a certain product, and just trust it, trust it, and and love what you do and be part of what you do, and you'll be, you'll be great at what you do. What terrific that's, advice! That's, you know, Mary, that reminds me of when John Ash said, uh, "Pour the wine that you're in the mood for, yeah, and have your food, develop be, your food." To, how did he say it? He said, "While you're." Yeah, create the dish while you're sipping the wine. So then as it's as it's kind of blending together, take a sip and see if it all goes together. And it's sort of that same idea with the wine. Yeah, component. make the dish pair with your wine. Yeah, exactly. don't try and make the wine pair. Because so many people yeah. say, oh, uh, fish, white wine, uh, yeah. steak, yeah. red wine. Yeah. And speaking this- about that, now that you're in wine country and you're working in, you know, catering here and how much does wine come into your recipe development? Well, you'd be does surprised. It? Actually, this experience while living here in Sonoma has taught me a lot about wine. When you work in Vegas, it's pretty much everybody uses the same type of wine, the same type of you know mm-hmm. spirits, um, mm-hmm. because it's what we're able to get from vendors. Right. Anything like they have here will be specialty order and be more expensive and stuff like that. So in Vegas, you just have a very common ground when it comes to wines. Yeah. Yeah. But here, working for you know owners of the vineyards and being able to get myself on such a great product like you know the merlots the pinots the mm-hmm. you know it's just all the I, little grenaches and or, yes yeah. like you're saying you're fine ones that you can't get other places no and you can't and and they're not even on the market in vegas yeah, yeah. and so i always you know take a little sip of them just to taste them because how they say you don't don't use nothing you won't cook with yeah. don't 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 drink nothing you won't cook with yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yes so, um, I mean, I learned, I mean, there's some pinots here that I'm like, wow, I never expected the, the outcome like this, mm-hmm. especially when I use, uh, I do uh, red wine short ribs. It's, it's on our catering menu. Ooh. And some of the, uh, the pinots that I use here are just, are just phenomenal. And that's just, what you use for the short ribs. Yes, that's what I well, yes. And that's another thing, too, that I learned early on. Actually, Sonia and I had an incident where um, both ways, it went actually both ways. Don't use crummy wine in, in your sauces, you know. Mm-hmm. And don't go back and pull that library one out either. You know? Yeah, no, you find, you find the middle ground. You definitely find the middle We've done ground. Both. Yeah. yeah You're going to be able to pour half into the, into the recipe and another half into yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> or that's why you always need at least two bottles of all the wines. Exactly, yes. <laughs> So you said before, in terms of being the chef, do you find that you, you said more sommeliers are the ones, like you present a dish and then they're the ones that kind of help pair it? Or do you ever give a recommendation like, oh, I think you should try X wine with this? Well, well about while being in Vegas, we got some great psalms on there. Mm. Uh, so when it comes to, to pairings, we will sit down and I explain what's in the components, what kind of you know nuts I'm using, what kind of uh, vinegars I'm using, and, oh. and then we'll pair it off for that. We don't want the sauce to be overpowering, 
especially if it's a if it's a wine-based sauce mm-hmm. yeah. or if it's your traditional whether it's pork chicken or fish and you use a white wine and uh, then you'll be able to pair it up with whatever they're, they're they think it's best mm-hmm. yeah i mean because their knowledge there is beyond beyond me like some of these guys could narrow down a wine to the t and a, have a <laughs> oh and <laughs> it's amazing no yeah, it's, it's crazy. absolutely amazing yeah, yeah. but yeah we usually i usually would do a tasting with the psalms and then i'll learn from them as well and then uh, we'll talk about what's inside the, the components of the sauce, the compo- you know, how the meat was prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very traditional in Vegas, you know, reds with meats, whites with fish, yeah. poetry. They're, you know, sparkly. Well, like you said, yeah. they have a limited amount, lim- limited um, wines that range they're of choosing wines. from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everything else is hard to get by because it would be a specialty order. If it's not being mass produced or mass yeah. sold, it's actually more expensive. Mm-hmm. So, Makes like, just just like organic food. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really what I love about Sonoma Mare is, you know, like because the, you know, I've heard it's because the land is so much inexpensive than Napa. The guys grow cool varietals. You know, yeah. here we can get Viognier's and Grenache Blanc and Grenache, and Grenache even and Grenache and some of these Rhone varietals that are that really make food pop. Mm-hmm. With some of your cool recipes, like you said, a really great Pinot Noir on a, in a short rib sauce. That's, that's man, I never thought that's, of that. Yeah. I know I'd never think Pinot Noir. Me for neither. A short yeah, sometimes rib. I use a Porto as well, but like I just love yeah. that 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 Pinot flavor at the end. Yes. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, <laughs> he's making me hungry. He's though. killing me. <laughs> so since you since you've arrived in Sonoma, is there a a a favorite pairing pairing that you've had, or B just other than Pinot Noir that you've mentioned, but anything that's been like a wow moment since you've arrived here? I mean, I tasted some great, uh, some blends. I tasted some great blends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, things that I never, that I never thought I would, would, would inspire me. Uh-huh. Like, I actually like taste them and see myself cooking with them and doing some sort of something with them. Is that uh, what you think? Like, when yeah. you taste a wine, are you more thinking like what I could cook with this? More <laughs> yeah. than like, oh, I'm loving yeah, it. Isn't like that I, a unique I, way oh, to GSM. Oh, it would go. <laughs> I could make this recipe with that. That's yeah. cool. I, Even when it comes to all types of spirits, that's the way I think. Like I make this great vodka sauce. Oh, uh, oh it is phenomenal. Uh, it is really, really great. <laughs> so that's why I think I can't, I can't turn it off. Even yeah. something so simple like a vinegar. I, I just I start thinking of dressings and I start thinking of, uh, you know, something I could do with it and reducing it and... So it's kind of hard. Everything is it's good related. You know, it would be fun to go out to Hanson's. Uh, they're the local oh. brewery that does vodkas out of grapes. And have you been? Have you seen it? No, I have. Oh, dude, I'm taking yeah. you there. No, not I very. Just, my time's very limited here in Sonoma. Yeah. So. Well, I just want to live in his brain for a little yeah, while. Me too. Like when he's thinking about. But Hanson's would of- be fun because they do infused uh, flavors. Like they have a jalapeno vodka, Ooh, and they have a. Nice. Uh, Mang, I think a mango, and they have a ginger infused, like for Russia. Uh, oh, uh, Moscow Mule. Moscow Mule, yeah. Yeah. And they have all these incredible flavors. They make their vodka from grape mush, and it's terrific. They do? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I now, have no idea. Now I'm getting uh, thirsty. I yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine the stuff you put together with some of these yeah, infused right? uh, vodkas. Oh, wow. There's your shout-out, Hansons. Yeah, right. <laughs> And speaking of shout-outs... Gosh, let's give it up for Jordan Kunde with this sparkling oh, rosé. How delicious is this it? This is pretty good. I'm yeah. just over here enjoying it. I know, and you're not usually the bubble guy. I am telling I you. I usually have to twist his arms to have bubbles. Even Sonia's enjoying this. No more. <laughs> oh, this is delicious. Well, I mean, I feel like I would want to talk to you about recipes all day, but... 
do you have a favorite holiday recipe? Well, when it comes to Thanksgiving, uh, well, my, like I said, like my, uh, there's not really recipes I follow. Yeah. I like your antipasta idea. And it just, I, I like the antipasta. I do too. I like. Um, yeah. I usually make a sherry vinaigrette, like a base, yeah. nice and nice and thin. And then I use uh, I use some cured beef, like salamis, and uh, I use um, calabrese salamis yeah. and things like that are more of a tough cured uh, cured pork. And sometimes I might even throw some brisola in there, shaved. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I like to use uh, copa. Oh, a copa, copa. I do, but sometimes it doesn't uh, go well. It, with it absorbs a lot of the a lot of the moisture. Yeah. So I kind of stay away from it. I try to use more firm meats. Yeah. Um, Sashishon is definitely definitely great oh, for, nice. for that. And then I use, uh, for cheeses, I use, uh, I'm not sure you guys ever had, a, it's called uh, Blue Moon. Yeah, Blue oh, Moon, Blue Cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that one, and I use uh, Purple Moon as well, and it's infused with wine. Yeah. Uh, and then I use cheddars and you know, things like that. Uh -huh. And I throw olives in there and marinated artichokes mm -hmm. and um, chipolinis. And everybody enjoys it. It goes great with sparklings. But when it comes to actual recipes, I just everybody I I go crazy. I make a sweet potato puree, and I make a scampi with a touch of nutmeg. Oh, for what? the holidays? Yeah, yeah. Scampi with a touch Scamp of nutmeg. nutmeg yes. <laughs> what do you put it? What do you, do you put the shrimp on anything? Uh, yeah, sometimes I put it on uh, spaghetti squash. My mom loves spaghetti squash. You need squash. to be quiet yes. right oh, now. <laughs> so it, it's it's a citrus flavor on top of the squash, uh, and it goes great. Uh, sometimes I put, uh, you know, depends what kind of uh, squash or pumpkin I could find in Vegas because everything's very limited. Sometimes yeah. I stuff my turkey with that itself. With the? With the squash. Do you really? And it kind of infuses the whole flavor of the turkey into the squash itself. And some <laughs> depends how much, if it's whole, I use it as a, you know, I garnish it. Or if not, I just make a puree out of it. And, um, and it's just phenomenal. Some I want to go <laughs> hang out in your kitchen. I'm so Damn. Excited. That Excuse me. Amazing. <laughs> I yes. love these ideas. Yeah, yeah. so I play Scampi a lot with over that. squash for Thanksgiving. I love it. And also sometimes my mom likes uh, chicken roulade. Yeah. So okay. I, I do is I use a lot of cream cheese. I use some butternut squash. I use spinach. Mm. And I reduce it with like... Uh, I reduce it down to minimum. Put a little white wine just for for kicks, uh, and then I roll I roll it up. I pound the chicken. I roll it up. I bread it. I double bread it so it be nice and crispy. And then I I use my one of my fryers and I deep fry it, and it comes out phenomenal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it comes out phenomenal. Gee. The chicken's not dry. Everything is just great. She, that's her oh, favorite okay. plate. <laughs> what can we do to get you to just sit down with Sonia and and maybe even dictate it? She'll write some of these recipes out. Yeah, yeah just I like to play with. Food. I think our listeners would just love We got to come up with some wine pairings with these. We'll yeah. do that. that yeah. yeah, darn it. We'll, we'll go ahead. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. We'll, Let's see, we'll, any other holiday, like anything traditional you do for the turkey? Like, Christmas oh, you do. Yeah, you said that. Or New over. Year's, Hanukkah dishes, like anything. Well, when I'm in a restaurant scenario, <laughs> like in Las Vegas, everything has to be a little bit more upscale. Uh -huh. uh, so we'll do a lot of Chateau Briands for, you know, for, for couples. Yeah. Yes. Um, that sense yeah. yeah we do a lot of that prime we do ribs whole lobster stuff whole lobsters you know with a nice uh, sage sage clarified butter mm -hmm. yeah. will yeah. go great yeah. uh we do a lot of caviar setups you know the whole mm -hmm. nine yards uh if you're a dog we also pair with uh infused barcas um, wow. So I mean, it's it's a whole variety. It's, of yeah. it's yeah. everything. Well, now is it dinner time? Yeah, yet? like a, a, a big. Okay, it's New Year's Eve. We're gonna do a big prime rib. Prime rib. What would you pair with it? Oh, 
I will like, go with, I, I mean, like I said, I'm a lover of Pinot all of a sudden. So yeah, I think that would be the great, that for my for my point of view, yeah. it would be a great Pinot or a nice Merlot. What would be your side dish? Yeah, that, I was thinking, what's, what's a side dish you'd Oh, for the prime rib, you could never go wrong with the roasted garlic mashed potato. <laughs> 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 or a nice pave, something starchy, something, you know, a lot of carbs. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's all me right there. Yeah. What's a pave? What is oh, a pave, it's a gran. So it's a slice uh, potatoes. You slice it very thinly. You put it with uh, with heavy cream, egg, herbs, uh, even oh, like an al gratin. Exactly. Yeah, an al gratin, pretty much. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and then let's say you 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 put a little weight on it after it's cooked, and you just cut it to whatever shape you like. Now that's a little shout out to Dave Bauer <laughs> there for New Year's, my brother-in-law. <laughs> Yum. Oh, seriously, are we ready to uh, go eat now? No, I think kidding. so. I think so. Well, hey, brother, we can't thank you enough. Yeah. This was awesome. And if next time any, you guys are visiting Sonoma, you should definitely check out Folk Table. Yeah. And it's one of the newer restaurants here at Cornerstone in Sonoma. And didn't it just win like a bib apron or, or a Michelin or something? Oh, yes, it did. Uh, shout outs to Chef Casey and Chef Melanie who made that possible. They have a great team out there. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, you got to eat there, guys, when you come to the wine country. But I can't, t- I seriously think we could sit here all afternoon and just keep picking your brain on recipes. <laughs> you got two foodies over here along with windies. Yeah, but for now, let's go eat. <laughs> yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> thank you so much thank for your time. Time today. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Cheers. Cheers.